Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Wow, it's finally winter. I hope they just keep on. I hope I hope the weather gods just keep bringing it on. Be safe out there. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It's uh, coming down, and it hasn't stopped coming down. It seems like since Saturday, but uh, definitely snowy out there here in western Montana. We coming to you here on Nuanas Now from the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Zool Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and proud to stay. So we are in the rhythm now. Basically, we got it all lined out for you. Our Mondays, pretty set. Our Tuesdays, pretty set. Our Wednesdays, pretty set. And then we fill in the blanks on Thursdays and Fridays. So this Wednesday lineup, uh, you know the segments. It's just a matter of who's the subject. So we'll get things kicked off with Sam Herter. Senior FCS analyst for Hero Sports will join us in about five minutes. And then we'll take a look around the national landscape as there's just two weeks left of the regular season. So maybe do some bracketology uh, as we go into these final two weeks of the regular season. Also talk some Big Sky Conference football. We're also going to hear from Taylor Housewright, the offensive coordinator for Montana State. It's part of our Montana State Minute. We'll also give you an opportunity to win some Grizz hockey tickets. Plus... Some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So looking forward to that. About 4.45, a wing it Wednesday like we have done for 10-plus years here uh, at ESPN Radio. Top of the hour, ESPN Roundtable to kick off the second hour. And a great guest, fun guest, one of my favorite guys to talk football with. And it's been very cool for me to sort of help facilitate him uh, into an analyst role about the Big Sky Conference. It's Mike Kramer. He's been in the big. He was in the Big Sky Conference as either a coach or a player for most of his adult life, from playing at Idaho in the 1970s to coaching at Montana State in the 80s to coaching, coaching at Eastern Washington throughout the 90s, back to MSU as the head coach in the early 2000s, and then his last step, his last stop, I should say, uh, at Idaho State. And the guy now that. Uh, he's just having a good time being an observer, being a fan, being an analyst. So he will join us to talk our way around the Big Sky Conference, some of the craziest storylines that the big human has seen. That'll be our ESPN Roundtable. We also have our Grizz Star of the Week, Eli Alford, a fifth-year senior defensive tackle for the Montana Grizz football team. Had a big sack last week against Cal Poly, and a guy that's uh, been a, a huge part of their defense, even if he hasn't been one of the headlining stars. He's played a ton. 
And he's a very, very good player on the interior of that defensive line for the Grizzlies. So uh, he'll be our Grizz star of the week about 5.30. So there you go. Show Outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have around Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. If you want to stream the show, listen to the show, you always can on the ESPN MT app or on uh, our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Either of those will work for you. If you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call or text us and uh, give us all your feedback. It's also the greatest and easiest way for you to win prizes. we got a Town Pump gift card coming up. Uh, we'll do that via a telephone call after we get done with Sam Herder here uh, in just a minute. And then uh, also we'll have an opportunity for you to win Grizz hockey tickets and win a basket of wings, a dozen of them, in fact, from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So stay tuned for that. 406-888-1029 is what you got to remember to win prizes and be a part of the show. Let's go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Bet MGM, senior FCS analyst who joins us to lead Wednesday's shows throughout this football season. Sam, what's going on, my man? First of all, how's it going over there? I'm assuming you're in Minneapolis. Do you guys got the same wintry weather that we got? No, not yet. Uh, it's been rainy most of this week, and it's supposed to be rainy the rest of this week. But temperature-wise, we're not quite cold enough for that rain to turn into snow. So, uh, yeah, kind of. It kind of feels like more like spring right now, honestly, with kind of dead grass and, and rainy weather than it does compared to you know winter. But winter is certainly coming around the corner here. Well, I've ruined three pairs of shoes this week already, so you know that's what I get for uh, not having the proper footwear when it just pounds 10 inches of snow in the middle of Montana. You think, uh, being here, I, I'd figure this out by now. Let's talk around uh, the FCS landscape. I know uh, up at Hero Sports you had a recent uh, bracketology article, and this is always interesting to just see how the bracket continues to transform and just... Uh, the if this then that sort of uh, methodology that you use, but just tell people kind of about your process when you're analyzing the FCS on a national level. How do you go about diagnosing things, and uh, what is sort of the things you look at, especially now that we have a big sample size? There's a lot of teams that have played nine, even ten games already this year. So, uh, what goes into you sort of projecting your brackets as we get now towards the uh, the stretch run of the regular season here? Yeah, I start doing my weekly bracketology, I think, in, like, middle of October. Um, and obviously at this point, or at that point, you know, it's, it's you know kind of just conjecture, and, and no one should take it overly serious because there's a lot of games to go. But it is fun uh, for me week to week where you say, okay, this team just lost to this team. You know, how does that impact their potential seeds? And so um, now we're at the point where I really start looking at resumes and I start looking at future matchups uh, as well and so when I do my bracketology I'm looking at uh, division one wins ranked wins uh, I don't look at ranked wins at the time uh, I look at ranked wins now um, so when you know for example I, I think Eastern Washington was still ranked when Montana State beat them uh, I no longer consider that a ranked win for uh, Montana State uh, so I look at that I definitely look at strength of schedule I look at upcoming games I'm going to actually do my bracketology uh, I think one thing that maybe people enjoy the most about reading through my bracketology is, you know, if they're not familiar with how it works is learning about how the playoff committee forms the bracket, because I do it the exact same way as, as the playoff committee where, you know, regionalization and auto bids um, and pairing teams up via 
via regionalization um, and bus trips and all that sort of stuff. And I also have some information about how the seeds are, are ordered in the voting process for how the seeds are ordered one through eight. And so um, it takes me a decent amount of time and research, but I, I hope that when people read through it, um, they're not just, you know, necessarily reading my opinion, but maybe learning some things about some teams and how the process works. Well, then it always comes with, you know, you say don't take it too serious, but a lot of the people that uh, read it definitely do take it way too serious. And then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> Sam Herder hates my team. We got to get a T-shirt that says it. Actually, I think somebody might have even made you some sweatshirts or something last year, right? Yeah, it was, I, I want to <laughs> say it was in 2020, uh, a couple of people, I didn't have anything to do with it really. A couple of people just thought it'd be a funny idea. Um, and I said, yeah, go ahead. And then we donated all the, all the proceeds. So I think COVID research or something like that. And, um, I don't know. I think we sold like 50 t-shirts a few years ago. And <laughs> nice. so there's, there's some out there still that, uh, people wear. And then I know like my three-year-old nephew has one. And so whenever I visit them, he's always wearing it. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Sam Hero, Sam Herder, excuse me, Hero Sports. I'm on Hero Sports right now uh, as we do this segment uh, with Sam. He's a FCS senior analyst there at Hero Sports. He joins us uh, each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Maybe watch it, SWX Montana Television, or uh, streaming in on the ESPN uh, MT app. Uh, Sam, now that we do have this sample size, uh, g- just go through it with us a little bit. I know that there's been some some automatic qualifiers now. Uh, South Dakota State punched their ticket uh, for certain. They will be the automatic qualifier out of the Missouri Valley Football Conference. St. Francis, uh, out of the Northeastern Conference, has punched their ticket. And uh, Holy Cross out of the Patriot League, who's been one of the rapid risers and now maybe has an inside track at a seed as one of the last undefeated teams left in the uh, the FCS They've also punched it. Is there any other teams that you consider shoe-ins? Or I guess, first of all, what do you think of those automatic qualifiers, and how does that influence the rest of your bracketology? Yeah, you know, it, it makes it a, a little easier, uh, especially for some of those conferences. I mean, the NEC is always a one-bit conference, and so, you know, when they have multiple teams at the top, uh, you know, sometimes that can make it a little difficult to, to try to project who's going to make it in, but the NEC has their auto bid. The Patriot League is is usually a one big a one bid conference, uh, and Holy Cross has that auto bid. Fordham might get in that large bid out of the Patriot this year, um, and then you know South Dakota State. You know it, it's interesting because the auto bids out of conferences like the Missouri Valley Football Conference and the Big Sky don't really matter. Uh, you know there there's been a, a time in the there's been a uh, I think an example in the past where South Dakota State got the auto bid, uh, but North Dakota State was still seated higher. And so, um, you know, if you're a Montana State fan and, and you finish 8-0 and then Sac State finishes 8-0, and I think the AQ in that situation would go to Sac State, it doesn't really matter for Montana State whether they have the auto bid or not. You know, they're still obviously going to make it in. But uh, just, just having some of those auto bids uh, in some of these conferences makes it a little easier. Let's talk about then how you see the bracket shaping up. I guess we still have a lot to be determined, but uh, this most recent bracketology that you got on the website, it has uh, Sac State in. And I think that I think that the Hornets have certainly now figured they don't have the auto auto qualifier yet, but I think that they have solidified themselves as a playoff team. They have nine victories. Montana State got their eighth win last week, so I think they're in no matter what happens. Weber State, you have as a projected seed. What do the Wildcats need to do then out of the Big Sky Conference to solidify that seed? 
Yeah, I think if they win out, uh, that's you know gives them a a, a good opportunity to be a uh, seed. Now they do have a non counter uh, in there, which which sometimes can hurt. Uh, essentially, non counter means you you played and beat a uh, Division two team uh, or you know lower than Division one team. It could be Division two, II, Division three, NAI. Um, and so if if Weber State finishes, it wins out and finishes nine and two. You know, really. The committee looks at them as, as eight and two. Um, you know, they, 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 they basically take that non-counter off of it. But Weber State does have an FBS win over Utah State, and we know the committee puts a lot of stock into FBS wins, and so maybe those those cancel each other out. But you know, Weber State kind of has that brand name uh, at nine and two. You know, two close losses to what potentially could be seeds uh, in Sac State and Montana State. That, that's probably a pretty good uh, resume to, to get a seed there. And so I think Weber State, if they win out. Uh, certainly has a good chance at a seed. How about uh, the rest of the big sky? Uh, Idaho looks like they have an inside track, but they probably need to do some work. And Montana, uh, you have them as your 24th team, so your last team in. Uh, So start with the Vandals. Uh, How close are the Vandals to securing a bid, and uh, what do they need to get done uh, to get in the playoffs? Yeah, so Idaho right now uh, is six and three, but six and one versus the FCS. Uh, again, kind of like non-counter wins. Any losses to at, you know, FBS teams get thrown out the window uh, by the committee. And so, uh, if Idaho wins out, they would be eight and three overall, but really would be eight and one in the eyes of the FCS playoff committee. I mean, Idaho could, you know, range anywhere from being a C to playing on uh, playing on uh, November. Uh, or Thanksgiving weekend, you know, if Idaho does happen to win out, uh, you know, that would require beating UC Davis and then winning at Idaho State. They would be 8-1 and one versus the FCS. Uh, you know, that I don't know if that would get them a seed uh, per se just because they would have, uh, you know, not, they would only have one ranked win over Montana. But, you know, let's say the Grizz beat the Bobcats, and all of a sudden that win for Idaho looks even better. Their win against Montana looks even better. And, you know, if, if Montana wins out and finishes 8-3 and three by beating uh, Montana State, all of a sudden, you know, that kind of puts the Grizz in contention for a seed. But if you're going to seed the Grizz, then you got to seed Idaho. Um, and so I think Idaho first obviously needs to win out, but Idaho is actually probably cheering for Montana now to win out to um, hopefully get into that seed discussion and have a first-round bye. Sam Herter joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Sam? Covers the FCS on a national level at Herosports.com and for BetMGM. Doing some bracketology here on uh, your radio dial. So how about the Grizzlies then? Montana got back to the winning ways, snapping a three-game losing streak against Cal Poly. Don't know how much you can take from it, given that Cal Poly is the last team in the Big Sky without a conference win. But nonetheless, uh, Montana back on track, and they have a lot in front of them. Uh, where are we at with the Grizzlies? What are the Grizzlies to get done? Do you think the Montana can get in as a seven-win team? Has that changed at all? Because I know you were a little on the fence about that uh, earlier this season. Yeah, honestly, it has a lot to do with what happens elsewhere. Um, I mean, if the, the SoCon, there's a there's a chance that the SoCon gets three teams in, but if Mercer, uh, you know, picks up a win, uh, a ranked win, then. The, the, the committee might have a hard time leaving all four SOCON teams out. Uh, there are four, basically four SOCON teams, you know, in contention. Uh, whether all four actually make it, that depends on results. Right now, out of the CAA, there are probably six realistic teams that all have a resume saying we should make the playoffs. Now, 
six CAA teams aren't going to make it in. But, you know, if results go a certain way, the, the playoff committee might say, well, these five teams kind of need to, uh, to make it in. There's also other results that could happen where maybe only four CAA teams uh, make it in. Uh, same thing with, with the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Uh, you know, Youngstown State, if they win out, they have eight Division One wins. Does that mean they're in? Uh, in the OVC, uh, the auto bid there will be between SEMO and UT Martin. Uh, they both they don't play each other this year, and so the auto bid out of the OVC will come down to a coin flip. Uh, and if SEMO gets that coin flip, UT Martin will probably not be an at-large bid uh, because they don't have that great of a resume. But if UT Martin wins that coin flip, SEMO is going to have nine Division One wins and probably will get an at-large bid. And so the OVC could be a one-bid league or a two-bid league. And stuff like that matters because when we're looking at the last three, four spots in the playoffs, uh, you know, this is this is the type of stuff that Grizz fans will, will want to be paying attention to uh, if they do finish 7-4. and four. Because if, if, if Montana finishes 8-3, and three, they are for sure in. Uh, not sure if they would get a seed or not at 8-3, and three, uh, but would for sure be in the bracket. At 7-4, and four, um, you know, you, you could be stacking your resume up at, at seven and four against a nine division one win Fordham team or an eight division one win Youngstown state team or SEMO who has nine division one wins or two or three plus three or four more CAA teams that have eight division one wins. And so is Montana in at seven and four right now? I think they are in, uh, but I do think they need certain results to go their way to kind of loosen up that bubble uh, because right now there's probably I don't even know. There, there's a lot, a lot of teams across the FCS that can hit seven Division One wins, and once you hit seven D1 wins, that at least kind of puts you into the at-large pool where the committee will talk about your resume. Um, and so Montana doesn't want to be one of those seven and four teams. They, they certainly want to be eight and three and feeling good on Selection Sunday. So sounds like Montana still needs to keep on winning down the stretch, and particularly uh, in Bozeman. Let's uh, just play a little hypothetical here, Sam. Let's say Montana State wins this weekend against Cal Poly and the Grizz win this weekend at home against Eastern Washington. Then give me the scenarios of those two teams based on then the result of the rivalry game. Yeah, so I think think if Montana State wins out, uh, they are probably looking at the number three seed uh, you know, obviously beating, they would be 10 and 0 versus the FCS. Uh, they would probably be seated behind Sac State and behind South Dakota State. But I do think Montana State would be seated one spot ahead of North Dakota State. Uh, you know, the Bobcats at 10 and 0 versus the FCS, they would have one more Division One win uh, than NDSU, um, one more ranked win as well, plus a stronger strength of schedule. And so I think MSU would be. Uh, ranked or seeded number three, uh, then we already talked about kind of what Montana would look at um, as far as being a seven and four team would be right on the bubble, 50-50 chance of them getting in. Now, if the Grizz beats Montana State and the Grizz finish eight and three, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think now. I don't know if that would get Montana a seed. It might, but at the same time, I think overall body of work, Montana State at nine and one, uh, against the FCS would probably still be a seed. Uh, Sac State is going to be a seed, and like I said a little earlier, if you're going to seed Montana, you certainly have to seed Idaho uh, as well, assuming Idaho uh, wins out. And so there's just a lot of scenarios there. Um, but I think Montana State, if they lost to Montana, would still probably have a pretty good chance uh, at a seed. Um, and then the Grizz at eight and three would would also have a chance at a seed as well. And I know that kind of sounds backwards. You know, why would why would Montana State get a seed in Montana once? 
uh, when, when the Grizz just beat Montana State, but I think the committee looks at overall body of work, and Montana State would probably have a better argument uh, to be seated, but at the same time, we could, you know, we could see four Big Sky teams that are seated in this scenario. Well, that's been the case uh, the last couple years, so we'll see. Uh, what from a outside of the Big Sky Conference, from a national level, what are some of the most intriguing matchups these last two weeks of the season that could influence the bracket here, Sam? Oh yeah, there are uh, a lot. You know, I, I mentioned the the four SoCon teams uh, that are in playoff contention. They all play each other this weekend. Number thirteen Furman uh, goes to number fourteen Mercer. Then number ten Samford goes to number eleven Chattanooga. Uh, out of the CAA, there's two more ranked matchups between playoff hopefuls. Number 22, Rhode Island, is going to number 21, New Hampshire. Uh, number 12, Richmond, is going to number 17, Delaware. Um, you know, you look at North Dakota State playing at Southern Illinois. That, I think, could be a sneaky close game. Uh, Southern Illinois, if they went out, uh, which would obviously require beating the Bison, they would have seven Division One wins plus beating the Bison. That probably means Southern Illinois is in. Uh, SIU has been up and down. They're coming off of... Uh, a bye week, and it's at home, and so that could be a tricky spot for uh, for North Dakota State. Um, you know, Illinois State is playing at South Dakota State this weekend. Uh, the Jacks do have a week 12 bye, uh, and so if if Illinois State, you know, they basically need to win out to hit seven Division One wins, and so they're going to be, you know, putting everything out there uh, against South Dakota State. But if the Jacks win, you know, like I said, I think we'll get a top two seed, and so um, you know, obviously the Brawl of the Wild will be massive as well. You know, UC Davis at Idaho, I think is a huge game. Um, UC Davis, I, I think, is sitting at 5-4 and four right now, but they basically need to win out. And if UC Davis does win out, that would mean ranked wins over Idaho and Sac State, and it would be you know, pretty hard to, to leave UC Davis out. And so that's, um, you know, if you're a Grizz fan, you're probably not rooting for UC Davis uh, to win because a 7-4 and four UC Davis team versus a 7-4 and four potential Montana team UC Davis is certainly going to get the nod uh, there, and so um, there's like a, <laughs> there's like a hundred thousand different scenarios uh, that we could talk through about what all impacts uh, the FCS playoffs. And if this result happens, what does it mean for that team? Um, which makes it really fun because the bubble was was not too packed last year at this time, uh, but this year it's there's just a ton of different results uh, that can shake out different ways that will all impact the playoff picture. I know I've asked you in the last couple of weeks about Holy Cross, but I got to ask you again. The the uh, Crusaders are sitting now at nine and zero. They're five and zero in the Patriot League. They beat Lehigh forty one fourteen, and uh, most bracketologists have them as a seed, including yourself. You have them there at number five. When I think about the FCS playoffs, I'd like to think that the seeded teams would have a chance to make a run at a national championship. And I too, I could get talked into Sac State, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, Montana State, Weber State, Sanford. I could even get talked into Incarnate Word making a run. I just have such a hard time believing Holy Cross could make a run. But maybe I'm just completely naive and I just haven't watched an up close and personal version of Holy Cross. So uh, sell me on them. Could, could they? Could they make a run in the playoffs? I don't know if they can make a national title run, but I also don't know if if Stanford or UIW can make a national title run either. But uh, the thing is, with Holy Cross, they are a bit more proven on the national stage, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, I know a lot of people look down at the Patriot League, but hey, the Patriot League has sent uh, teams to the quarterfinals uh, before. Colgate made the quarterfinals in 2018 and in 2015. 
Um, and guess who they beat both of those times? James Madison. Uh, and so it's not like these teams uh, are non-scholarship or anything. They do have um, some really good players. And every once in a while, like what happened with Colgate those couple of years and what's happening with Holy Cross now is you get you know, two really good recruiting classes in a row. You let them develop for four or five years. Now all of a sudden they have a really good senior and junior class. I mean, Holy Cross is making some noise. Um, and I think, in my opinion, it is, it is okay to look at what happened last year a little bit uh, to set a basis, especially when we're looking at a Holy Cross team that's undefeated with an FBS win. And by the way, that FBS win is pretty good uh, against Buffalo, uh, who's turned out to be a pretty decent G5 team this year. But when you're trying to figure out, okay, how good is this team really? Um, I think I've said it before on the show. It's essentially the same look team uh, as last year, just one year better, one year more experienced. And last year's team nearly beat Villanova. It was like a 14-13, you know, <laughs> uh, just a, uh, kind of a defensive battle there. And Holy Cross went toe-to-toe with Villanova, who was the CAA co-champ, who was seeded, uh, who played South Dakota State pretty tough uh, the next round. Uh, and Villanova also beat James Madison last year. And so uh, last year's results between Holy Cross and Nova kind of told me that, okay, you know, this team, this team has the talent. They have the physicality. They have the play in the trenches to kind of go toe-to-toe with with maybe not the top tier of the FCS, but they're certainly there um, in the second tier uh, of the FCS. And so um, I think Holy Cross, if they do go 11-0 uh, with that FBS win, I do think they will be seeded. Can they beat, you know, one of the top tier teams? Probably not, but, you know, could they beat the CAA champ? I, I think they probably could. Could they beat the SOCON champ? I, you know, I, I think they would have a pretty good chance uh, at that. So um, I do think it, it, it is a good team. Um, and like I said, we, we kind of have seen – this squad and these players and how they stack up against some of the top teams in the FCS. If we do want to base off of last year, whether that's fair or not, you know, I don't know, but um, that's kind of something I look at. I want to send Bill Simmons an email because he's a Holy Cross alum and I just, he's never talked about it on his podcast. I just want him to know that his alma mater is <laughs> doing great in the FCS. It's Sam Herder, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Sam, the... Uh, Senior FCS Analyst for Hero Sports and Bet MGM. That's a lot of information, man. I appreciate it. If you want to check out Sam's Bracketology, the latest one, 7.0 here on the first week of November, just go to herosports.com, click on the uh, the FCS tab there, and you can find all of this great information right there in front of you. Sam, keep up the great work, man, and uh, thanks so much for always joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being here. Sounds good. I uh, appreciate you having me on, and hopefully I will be seeing you next week because I'll be, I'll be arriving in Bozeman uh, nice. next Thursday for the Brown of the Wild. So I uh, definitely should uh, meet up there and talk in person. Can't wait, man. Can't wait to see you. Travel safe. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, Sam Herter, Hero Sports, uh, here on Nuanas Now. We'll talk a little bit more about the Bobcats right after this. Taylor Housewright, the offensive coordinator for MSU, will join us. But first, we got a little Town Pump gift card action for you. 50 bucks to Town Pump. You can use it on fuel. You can use it on snacks, drinks. I mean, you can even get a full meal there. They got sandwiches and all sorts of stuff. I like the beef jerky selection. Got a whole bunch of great beef jerky there. They also have an unbelievable beer and wine selection as well. So... If and when you win, you can uh, get yourself all hooked up at Town Pump. There's Town Pumps all over the state of Montana. Town Pump has been keeping us fueled up all year long. Town Pump by the mile. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now. Call number four. We got a $50 gift card for you to Town Pump 
food stores. Call right now. 888-1029. Caller number four. Call us right now. Thanks to Town Pump for their continued sponsorship of us here at Nuanas Now. The Bobcats figure out a way to get it done, and it seems like it's the same story every week. The way that they get it done is different, though. They're lighting up the scoreboard. Their defense has made big plays, but mostly, uh, well, I shouldn't say mostly, but has has shown vulnerability. But when you're scoring 42 points a game and you get the ball last, you got a quarterback that can make plays like they do in time a lot, you got a chance at Montana State. They are here now entering their final regular season road game of the season at Cal Poly with an undefeated Big Sky Conference record and an undefeated record against the rest of the FCS. We'll hear from Taylor Housewright, the offensive coordinator of the Bobcats, right after this. It's our Montana State Minute coming up on the other side. It's Duana's Now, ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio Missoula. Is this our uh, suggestion from our friends at the trail? Okay, cool. Well, not cool why we're playing it. It's a little Nazareth, courtesy of uh, DJ Mike Smith over there on the trail. Except for, unfortunately, Dan McCaffrey, who was the frontman and singer of Nazareth, died yesterday. So, bummer, but... uh, it's a rocking tune, so rest in peace, Dan McCaffrey, McCafferty, excuse me, of uh, of Nazareth. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanas coming to you here at the ESPN MT studio at the Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated. More than 15 years and happy to say so. Time now for our Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. Montana J- State Minute. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We do the, this Montana State Minute each Wednesday during the 4.30 slot here on Nuanas Now, talking to people from across Bobcat Athletics, and particularly this time of year, the Bobcat football team. Montana State coming off a thrilling 41-38 win over Northern Arizona. They did it in walk-off fashion. We're joined now by Taylor Housewright, the offensive coordinator there for the Bobcats. And uh, coach, for people that cover it and people that watch it, thrilling, but maybe maybe not as thrilling for you guys as coaches, but a win's a win's a win, especially when you're in Flagstaff. So uh, take us through it. What would you think of your guys' ability to persevere? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the... uh 
what they've done all season, you know, whatever the situation is, losing a starting quarterback in one game or injuries or whatever. Our guys just keep playing and they're passionate and they work their butts off and they try to do exactly what we want them to do. And we've done a good job as a coach to stuff, put in positions to make plays. You know, I think Saturday um, we got up 17-0 um, quick um, and then really probably had the worst quarter of the year, the second quarter. You know, um, as far as missing throws downfield, um, dropping passes downfield, missing blocks interior-wise and just not executing what we want. And it happens, right? We've been consistent. And, and then um, I think the best part is nobody panicked. We came out at halftime as an offense and drove down in six and a half minutes and scored. Put a long drive together and... Um, I think um, scored seven in that quarter and then 17 in the fourth quarter, you know, and I think our guys believe that it doesn't matter what happens. If we, as long as we have a chance on offense to win it at the end, that we, we can go and do it. So, yeah, proud of them to keep fighting. Um, it was sloppy, but you got to win those games sometimes and fight through it. Tommy Mallott, after the game, uh, mentioned that uh, the, the last play that set up Blake Lesnar's walk-off field goal, the, the 64-yard uh, deep ball from from Tommy to, to Taco Deller. He said that they've been practicing that and then that you guys have been running some scramble drill and, and really getting uh, that honed in. So, um, you know, when you just see it, it maybe just looks like a huck and chuck, but it, it's something you guys have worked on. So that must make you happy that, uh, you know, things that you're working on that are those little details are coming to fruition in games. Yep. Yes. I uh, actually, I for the last month, we've been working on that every Tuesday to roll out right, get hit out of bounds, and throw it 60 something yards to Taco downfield and uh that's exactly how i planned it for sure <laughs> now, you know i think whenever you have athletic quarterbacks scrambling shoot johnny menzel won a heisman off of just scrambling around and making plays and i think that's part of college football which is different than the nfl so i think it's hard you know when you're a high school quarterback you play with those guys since you're a peewee so you have a feel for each other um, and i think in college it's all about chemistry and the passing game and playing with those guys and um you always work scramble drill and, and not just taking off scrambling to run that quarterback but scrambling to find somebody open i think the great ones do that they also know when everybody's covered to take off but you know it is funny it seems to be taco's got a good feel for that i don't know i think in high school he had to, they did quite a bit of that and tommy and him have been on the same page with it even in practice so it's it's cool to see you know working those drills scramble drill and all that stuff come to real life um and it's kind of like slow motion you see i'm in the box and you saw it coming because you kind of see it in practice in some aspect um i'm sitting there here you go, you know, taco, 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 because you see taco take off and great throw by Tommy. Obviously, I didn't realize how good of a throw it was during the game, um, getting hit out of bounds and everything. But sometimes, sometimes the football gods are on your side, sometimes they're not, and they were Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Taylor Houseride joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. It is our Montana State Minute here on your Wednesday. Uh, last question about the past before we t- start talking about this upcoming game, Coach. I-, I asked Coach Vegan this this week as well, but um, now that you have a-, a nine-game sample size from this year, where are you at just with the progression of Tommy Malau? I mean, what do you like about what he's been able to do, and, and where are there still room for growth? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at um – I think obviously we know he can run, right? And I think that the key going into the season was the passing game. And, you know, I think he's played and uh, started and finished in five games now, you know, outside of his injuries roughly. And, you know, he's completing 63% of his passes with nine touchdowns and, and um, 
um, you take out the Oregon State game, really one interception, you know what I mean, in FCS play. And that's what you want. You want a guy to be efficient. And, and obviously we're an offense that's going to run the football and take our shots downfield. But we, we want to take care of the football. And, and I think seeing his progression as a young man and his skill sets in the passing game, but also just his mentality going into a game and just going to play and have fun, um, that's the key. You know, obviously, being a quarterback, sometimes there's a lot you put a lot of pressure on you that doesn't need to be had from fans and all those things. But um, I think he's having fun. I'm like, that's what I want for him. And um, he works his butt off. I never got to worry about that. Um, and he enjoys winning. And that's number one, uh, obviously. But I think he, you know, the other part is I think he took a t- step Saturday in understanding, okay, I am the leader of this team and I want the ball in my hands at the end of the game. And it was fun to see that. Well, let's talk about this upcoming matchup then. Uh, Cal Poly, a team that's still in search of their first league victory, uh, but another road trip to another place that not a lot of guys have been. So what do you think of the challenge this week? Yeah, I mean, we're a young football team, I mean, specifically on offense. And um, I think anytime you have an away game um, where you're practicing in terrible weather here and we're outside and you're going there and it's probably going to be beautiful and nice and timing is going to be different and all those things. But you're going to a team who's been fighting, you know, um, hasn't quite hasn't quite put a bunch of wins together, but um, you want to see your guys respect them, you know, and we're going to respect them. Obviously, I wouldn't allow them not to um, see us um, bring our A game. You know, we didn't bring our A game last week for whatever reason. That's our job as coaches. And hopefully this week we can correct that um, and see a, a younger offense go in there and execute um, to perfection and keep striving for that. Well, one of the things that makes this time of year such a great time of year is just the, the, the fact that there is so many guys that can kind of see the the end of their careers fastly approaching, but th- then those guys embracing that. And I talked to R.J. Fitzgerald mm-hmm. earlier this week, and, and he was really, you know, had great perspective on that. You know, he knows that he's he's only going to play football for a few more months here, uh, you know, if things go mm-hmm. right. Uh, what do you think about this, that element, particularly from his perspective, but also some of the other guys that are that are fifth and sixth-year seniors and, and their careers kind of winding down? Yeah, I mean, I think the beautiful thing about sports is you can stay in the moment. You know, and I think a lot of those guys do. And I tell our guys, don't look. We can reflect a little bit on what's happened this year, good and bad, to enjoy it. But don't look ahead. Stay 24 hours at a time and worry about that. You start looking ahead, as any of us do as adults or kids or whatever. That's when the anxiety starts setting in and the, and the disappointments and the craziness. Just stay in the moment and enjoy it. And I think those uh, you can go one or two ways as a senior. You can kind of look ahead and be sad and, and pout and do all those things and say, hey, this is it. Or you can stay in the moment and just truly, truly enjoy it um, and, and uh, do whatever you can to help this football team. That's why when you have senior-led teams, regardless if they're all superstars or not, they have a good football team because they keep everybody in check and understand what it takes and how hard it is. Um, and they have this perspective, if you will, um, that every day is a new day and you got to keep working. And from RJ's perspective, I mean, he's been so consistent just in the in the toughness that he brings. So how much has that helped just kind of set the tone for the offense these yeah, last couple I mean, years? Oh, RJ's, yeah, I mean, RJ's exactly what you want as a football player, mentality-wise. You know, he would kid to show up and run through a wall every day. Um, he would, you know, and um, whether we have him in the game plan a ton or we don't have him in the game plan, he's the same kid. He's a great teammate, and um, if he had one play a game, he'd want that one play to be the best play of the year. You know, and, and guys like that is what makes this program go. Guys like that, uh, Montana kids is what uh, makes Montana State special. You know, and different than everybody else in the country because we got kids like that that were raised here, played football here, and now um, have pride for this university. 
Taylor House right here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Last thing for you, Coach, uh, what are the keys for you guys against Cal Poly? What are you looking to see? What are you hoping to see? And uh, how do you go to California and get a victory? Yeah, I think we got to take care of the football first and foremost. I think we got to find a way to run the ball, however that is. Um, and we got to be more efficient in the passing game. We weren't Saturday, and that hurt us. We had a chance to put them away, um, and we didn't because um, we're, we're still still continuing to work on the passing game, and we're getting better. We were better last year than they've been for a while, and we were better this year than we are last year, but still got a lot of work to do. So I'd like to see us be efficient, take care of football, and find ways to run the football. He's Taylor House, right? Montana State Offensive Coordinator. Coach, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Sounds like uh, pretty familiar keys to the game for the Bobcats. That has been the key to Montana State's 6-0 start in Big Sky Conference play. They have been up and down. They have, they have had a hard time putting a full game together. But they're undefeated in league play because they've taken care of the football. they made big plays when it matters the most, especially down the stretch of games. And they've found ways to run the football as a, an insult to <laughs> To how well they've run. I mean, it's actually astounding that Montana State lost their whole starting offensive line. They have nothing but sophomores and freshmen playing. Then two of their best guys, despite being young, that were frontline starters, both went down. And they plug in a couple more freshmen. They've been without Isaiah Fonse, the All-American. They've been without Keggy Williams, the San Diego State transfer. They've been without most of the season. Lane Sumner, guess what? They're running for 300 yards a game. And they have a 100-yard rusher every single week so far this season. It's crazy. It's not crazy, though, because that's that's what they've established as their identity, and they've been able to cultivate it, coach it, recruit to it, all the above. More than anything, though, they're able to scheme to it, so... When Taylor Housewright says they need to find ways to run the ball, they'll find ways to run the ball. Just a matter of how successful they are doing it. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. It's our Montana State Minute presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, you can score big with JNV. Everything you need for your next tailgate or that big family party can be found at one of JNV's three locations: Bozeman, Billings, Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JNV also has a pretty great website, jvrestaurant.com. Grizz Hockey. They got a similar opponent as Grizz Football. Eastern Washington in town for Friday, Saturday matches uh, at the Glacier Ice Rink. We will hear from Mike Anderson, co head coach of the Grizz Hockey team, as well as uh, we'll have some tickets to the Grizz Hockey game and some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Wing it Wednesday, Grizz Hockey style. Right after this, keep it right here. It's Duana's Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio. If you're one of those that bemoans the weather, 
Uh, you'd probably be pretty happy if you're going to San Luis Obispo, California. That's where Montana State's going this week. The uh, Grizz side of things, though, a lot of action here in the Garden City. Not only do the Grizz football team host the Eastern Washington Eagles on Saturday at 1 p.m., but also the uh, Grizz hockey team also hosts Eastern Washington. So a lot of action on I-90 uh, coming from Cheney to Missoula. It's time now for a Wing of Wednesday. It's presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Desperado, an awesome place to watch hockey and a variety of other sports. I've been swinging in there to watch some uh, the, the first half of the morning games on NFL Sundays. Get some wings to go, take them up to my brother's house. And uh, also, make some wagers while you're there. they got a Sports Bet Montana kiosk there in the Desperado as well. Text us right now. 406-888-1029. Any and all text entries will get you qualified for a pair of Grizz hockey tickets and a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Text right now. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Any and all inquiries get you registered, get you entered to win two Grizz hockey tickets as they play Friday and Saturday against Eastern Washington, as well as a, a dozen wings. We're giving you to Friday night's game, so text us right now, 406-888-1029. Actually, just keep the text coming in. We'll decide which. Maybe we'll even pick two winners out of this. Regardless, 406-888-1029. Text right now. We go to the Rangers Brothers Army phone line. Welcome in Mike Anderson, co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team. And the Grizz back at home again this weekend with Eastern coming to town. And, uh, Coach, this will be the first time that you've gotten to see a team on the flip side. You guys played in Cheney earlier this year, and now you got the Eagles coming this way. So, uh, first of all, take us back to then. What do you remember about uh, the games against Eastern earlier this year? Uh, it was just a couple weeks ago, so it's a relatively quick turnaround playing the same team. But they are young, sort of a transition year. Uh, a lot of, One of the better players at our level, and a kid named uh, Reed Kaiser, he scores a lot of goals, puts a lot of points. We did a nice job of shutting him down last time we played them, so that's a big plan this time as well. And and just making sure that we come ready and, and focused and energized and and take no one lightly. We beat them up pretty good that second game, but they took us to overtime the first game. So could go either way on both these games, Friday, Saturday, for sure. Well, just give us a recap of this last weekend. What'd you like from your team? What'd you see? Uh, and what sort of areas are you looking at? Uh, are are you happy about that? Maybe you improved. Uh, what was really good about this weekend is we beat two teams uh, from established programs that we did not really uh, do all that well against last year, especially Utah State. So we played Weaver, uh, beat them. We took them to overtime last year, lost in the shootout. So it was really nice to beat them. And they went up to Bozeman to beat MSU. So it was a good uh, reminder of, of our progression. And then we beat uh, Utah State the next night and handled them pretty well. Our super defensive team that – we were able to pump five goals in on them, and they usually only let up in about two a game. So that was really good to see. And then it looks like, looks like by Saturday night we were a bit tired and didn't have any, much energy, and we lost that game 2 nothing to Utah State. But we competed really well against programs that have been at it for decades, and, and that was a really good sign to see that we have that talent level, we have that depth, and, and the guys worked really hard all weekend. So that was the best thing to see. I think that the energy uh, and the hard work maintained, even though maybe the – the legs weren't always there. Three in a row, or I guess three evenings in a row, you've had to play the last two weekends. So now just back to the, 
the uh, the two this weekend, Friday and Saturday, back to the seven thirty puck drop. I know we had the eight o'clock puck drop. Um, yeah. Last week on Thursday, uh, but you mentioned just uh, going against some programs, some hockey programs here that have been doing this for decades plus. So, what are some of the tangible? Places you see that you guys have, have closed the gap. I mean, where where are you seeing just from a program standpoint? Are you improving to to hang with some of these teams like Utah State or or University of Mary, things like that? It's the depth of the lineup. Really, we have a full roster this year, and it's a roster full of guys who uh, we had a lot of guys last year who hadn't played in a couple of years, so those guys are back, having played last year, and everyone we brought in had played the year before. Um, so it was a lot more of a group that came in ready to go. So those are the two big things. We were in far better shape and we just have more guys. So those are the big things with club hockey at this level is do we have enough guys to, to keep this going? We play a lot of games in short amount of days and, and the season's long and hockey's a violent, grueling sport. So you're going to have injuries. And so last year we just didn't have that depth of the lineup. So if we lost one or two guys, we were in a bad spot, but this year, We've had injuries to some of our top guys and be able to keep chugging along and still win more games than we lose. So that's been the biggest thing, I think, is just that depth. Mike Anderson joining us, co-head coach of the Grizz Hockey Program. They back home this weekend, Eastern Washington, in town Friday and Saturday, 7.30 puck drop from the Glacier Ice Rink. You want to go? Keep those texts coming in, 406-888-1029. We got tickets for you to both Friday and Saturday's games, two each. And uh, we also have a, a dozen wings, just one basket of wings, though, from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Keep the texts coming in, 888 uh, uh, What's the scout then on Eastern? Because you mentioned that you know you, you saw some things there when you played them in Cheney, but what, uh, what are you hoping to see this weekend and uh, what's sort of the, the stylistic matchup between the Eagles and the Grizzlies this weekend? Uh, we have to make sure that we don't fall into a more sort of chaotic physical game that they like to play. They like to, to get a little more physical and uh, do things a little more uh, without as much structure. So we just have to keep our shapes and do things the right way. Um, as far as like, you know, schematically, they're, they're a, a team that's in a, a transitional year, like I said earlier. So I think they're trying to figure out still who they are. So we might be seeing a very different team. And even the one we saw a couple weeks ago, they played, you know, they had another showcase, so they had four or five other games. So we'll check out the tape, see if they made any big changes. But otherwise, you know, they don't, they play hard, they play aggressive. Um, so if we could take advantage of them being a bit overly aggressive in transition, then that's one thing we'll want. But if we if we work hard and, and we maintain our focus, we'll have a good weekend for sure. He's Mike Anderson. He joins us here to close out the 4 o'clock hour each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. And uh, Grizz Hockey back at home this weekend. So keep those texts coming in, 406-888-1029. Coach, thanks for being here, man, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Best of luck this weekend. Sweet. Thank you very much, Colter. We'll see you. A couple more minutes to keep those texts rolling, 888-1029. In the meantime, hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Mike Kramer, the big human. A life in Big Sky Conference football, and now a guy loves observing it and loves breaking it all down. Can't wait to ask him about his alma mater, the University of Idaho, and their rise back into relevance in the Big Sky and on the FCS national level. Our ESPN Roundtable, big human style right after this. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio.
I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.